Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Welcome into the show. It is a magnificent, beautiful, brilliant day here on Writer Than You because we have the triumphant return of Tommy Muscles, Mr. DeCelestino is back. We'll say hi to him in, in just a second. Uh, one of my colleagues here at CBS Sports Radio, one of my favorite people here at CBS Sports Radio, Zach Gelb, held Aaron Donald's feet to the proverbial fire, and Donald blinked. I guess ran away would be better if you're using that analogy. Great work by Gelb. Aaron Donald not willing to face the music of his own actions when he swung the two helmets at a practice after a off-season of drama, and some might say diva-ish behavior. We'll let you hear Zach's excellent, remarkably brief interview uh, with the Rams superstar and the PR person who had to butt in because Aaron's not a big enough dude to handle himself. It was great radio. We'll get into college football's attempts at expansion and triumphant return to D-Cell. D-Cell going all Debbie Downer on it. <laughs> so good to talk to him uh, this particular morning. Brian McFadden's going to be on the show. Uh, as great as, as Kevin Wall's by ourselves were, we're back to the D-Cell level, which is super exciting, really into it. Uh, a little controversy, though, because Bogus really like reading by herself. And D-Cell today said, over my dead body, which felt really aggressive in terms of maybe Bogus being a little bit involved. Phone number is 855-212-4CBS. Twitter, sports writer, sports R-E-I-T-E-R. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket can. Tommy Muscles, missed you. Welcome back. You had a few days uh, well-deserved. Now, sources close to the D-Cell situation. Tell me you were at a weightlifting competition. Is that accurate, and how did it go? Good morning, Bill. It's great to be back. Uh, I was indeed at a weightlifting competition, but it's not what you think. I was not participating. I was actually training people. They wanted my services to gain my weightlifting knowledge. Did any of the people that you were willing to share your deep pool of wisdom with uh, excel under your, your tutelage? I can't even... I can't even put into words the strides that <laughs> that, that these guys took. Under under my knowledge, I was only there for a few days. I was gone for three shows, so not that long. But yes, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and I hope we got some winners there. Tommy Muscles making moves. Uh, by the way, some other moves being made. 
this time by a fairly muscular team in the AFC West, if you will, the Denver Broncos. Let's start the show off a little breaking news here. Breaking news. Look at that. I even got the sound and everything. Look at D-Cell's definitely back. Look at that. Finger on the trigger of the uh, of the music. Um, according to Adam Schefter, uh, small, but but I think, you know, has a future in this business, breaking news expert. It's a little joke there. It breaks every bit of news for ESPN. Uh, reporting, I'll read you his tweet. Breaking. Broncos and Russell Wilson just reached agreement on a five-year, $245 million contract extension. So extends the current deal. That includes $165 million guaranteed. Sources tell ESPN. Uh, deal now ties Wilson to Denver for seven total years and $296 million. Another massive QB deal in the books. End quote. A lot of things, a lot of takeaways here. One, the obvious the Broncos are, are in the Russell Wilson business, and, and Russell Wilson, I think, a guy who has a lot to prove. We talk often about many of the greats at the quarterback position in the history of the sport, a, a few of whom, I think, were for a time in competition for, if not the greatest of all time, they weren't, but second or third, that level of, of excellence, having only a single Super Bowl win. Uh, we talk about Aaron Rodgers in that context a lot, and we probably should and we will this year. The guy's obviously a massive, massive talent, who's nearing, we think, I guess Tom Brady should be a warning to this statement, but certainly closer to the end of his career than than the beginning. That's one. The next gentleman is Drew Brees. I understand that he's retired, but that's a guy who threw a lot of bad luck. It's hard to win these things. I mean, it's a couple back-to-back tough postseason moments in terms of officiating some other things. Only had a single... Super Bowl to his name, and it feels like we don't talk enough about Russell Wilson in that context, especially considering Wilson came so much closer, so much closer than either Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees to that second ring when that ill-fated decision to throw the ball at the goal line with the Super Bowl within its grasp against the Patriots flipped the script and gave Brady an extra one and cost Seattle and Russell Wilson that second that second Super Bowl. Russell Wilson's got a lot to prove. And so to me, yeah, you knew the the Broncos were all in. Russell Wilson, and you'll take the money, you'll take the guaranteed money. I get it. This is a guy that we've slept on a lot who has a lot to prove. He's not as loud, or some might say, not me, maybe maybe Diesel, I don't know, obnoxious as Aaron Rodgers. He's been looked over a little bit at times because since that that inopportune interception in the Super Bowl, Seattle's been... Less and less relevant every year. And it felt like a somewhat steady decline into the mediocrity that brought them to to be willing to move on from Russell Wilson. That Broncos team is really formidable. It's a fresh start. And we've seen what those fresh starts can do in those rare rare occasions when superstar QBs decide to go somewhere else and they've still got a lot of gas in the tank. It's big news. It's interesting news. And it just reinforces that AFC West, that it feels so formidable this year, could be one of those divisions that gra- that grapple for our attention year after year after year after year, and Russell Wilson being there for a long time certainly speaks to that. All right, Wanu, um, I like the breaking news. I like having Tommy Muscles back, D-Cell in, in the house. Last night, I was sitting there watching Serena Williams in the U.S. Open, and the thing that struck me about the power of that moment even before its very real magic began to unfurl in front of us over three sets, was the way in which non-tennis fans, because I'm a tennis fan, were riveted. It was everywhere on Twitter. My wife and kids were interested, which is pretty rare. 
And I think for me, small but but I think interesting sample size, because of what I do for a living, when people that I know, when buddies of mine are watching sports, they'll fire text my direction as if, you know, hey, Bill, let me help you with uh, with job tomorrow. I don't know if you know this, but the Mets beat the Dodgers, and that's a big deal. You just might want to look into it. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> really appreciate that. And I was shocked by how many people, friends of mine who certainly aren't tennis fans, some of whom aren't big sports guys, were interested in Serena Williams. And we discussed at the beginning of the week the power and sometimes the, the ability for us to look past the power of these all-time greats when they're in the final throes of their career. When there's an understanding, as there is with Serena in her interview with Vanity Fair, where she said she's evolving away from tennis, the expectation this might be the final go-round for her at a major at the U.S. Open over a career that has made her, she might be the best tennis player of all time. My son, again, asked me yesterday, Daddy, who's the best tennis player in the history of tennis? And I had to give him four names. And one of those names was Serena Williams. I said, I don't know, man. It could be Serena is certainly in the conversation. Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, all those folks. But she's she's more than that. She transcends sports in general. Uh, she is wildly inspiring to young girls, to young girls who are black, to people who believe that you can succeed when people tell you you're going to fail. There are all these storylines about Serena that I find remarkably compelling and that touch people in different ways, that reach people in different ways. And then just, like any athlete of epic greatness, there's this understanding that you're watching someone who is so unique and so incredible and so talented and has defined their sport for, for so long. And, and she was playing a, a, a competitor who's no pushover, Annette Contivate, um, number two player yeah, seated at this tournament, and it was high-level tennis. Serena won in the first round against someone that she was always going to beat and didn't play well. This was remarkable tennis. Serena gr- was able to grind out a, an opening set win in the tiebreaker 7-6. And then Contivate, who's a really good player, and didn't fold in the face of all the pressure and all the expectations and all the superstar power that was there. There were so many big names that were at that match, which isn't easy when the whole world and all these famous people are rooting against you. And Contivate was able to push back, counterpunch, play at a really high level, beat Serena 6-2. And Serena, to me in that set, looked, looked tired. She looked overmatched, and Serena was playing really well, but Contevate was so good, and you just wonder if Serena had another level. And, and I've said this about about Tom Brady, I've, I've been wrong. I've wondered it about LeBron James, I've been wrong. And I thought it about Serena last night, and at least for last night I was wrong. But the, but the idea of she's too old, they're too old, he's too old, this person's too old. In this case, Serena's too old, started to creep into my brain. And then she just went to another gear. And I don't have a good term for it other than it's an all-time great gear. It's the kind of level you don't see very often. But I I know what it looks like. It looks like Tom Brady on the run to a Super Bowl in his 40s with a good team a couple years ago in Tampa Bay, but not the favorite, just suddenly playing a different game. Forget level. Another stratosphere than his competitors. I've seen this before. Back in the day, and he may not be the greatest pitcher of all time, but to me he is in the postseason, one of them, Madison Bumgarner, and that run where they had three, the Giants' three World Series wins in six years, where just in the postseason it was just a different a different thing. And I've certainly seen it from, from Tiger Woods, who I thought being, in, if you watch the match, in the audience, and if you watch the postgame, was with Serena, was in her box, had his arm around her in, in, the, in the tunnel afterwards, and, and I thought it was so appropriate for, for a couple of reasons. One... Tiger is, I think, the ultimate symbol in this era. 
because Jordan maybe before it, of watching a competitor do what Serena did. I know it's the second round, but did in that situation where it feels overwhelmingly stressful because this is Serena's goodbye, where you just go to another level of excellence. And also, I thought Tiger was appropriate because it struck me last night why Serena Williams is so powerful and captivating and interesting and brilliant to all of us, whether we like tennis or we don't. And a little disclosure, I like tennis a lot. I do. And my tennis buddies, but I don't, it's not like I'm watching second round U.S. Open tennis on a regular basis. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Not at night. My kids are home. Got to make dinner. You know, you all have a lot, right? Like stuff's going on. This is a, sort of the end for me where I'm not watching sports every single night. I, I wasn't going to watch it. I don't know if that's an admission I'm supposed to. I wasn't going to watch Serena. I'm like, oh, I'll put, it, I'll put it on the background. I got some work to do for CBS Sports HQ. I'm going to help my kids with their homework. And then I was, like, I was just pulled in. Like those stupid, not Star Trek, Star Wars, kind of confused, where they're, you know, they lock on the Millennium Falcon. You're just, you're just being pulled in against your will. Couldn't look away. And it hit me, actually when I saw Tiger in the crowd, that th- these goodbye tours, I don't like goodbye tours, it's not a tour, these understandings when you're getting glimpses of greatness at the end. And, and in Serena's case, it feels like the very end of her career. We think she hasn't been really explicit about it, but we think this is it is that you're actually getting this dose of nostalgia, which is so powerful when it hits you. Whatever your age, whatever sort of connects you with something in the past that's over, it's very rare you get nostalgia in real time. Where It's almost like emotional time travel. And watching Serena, I felt connected to everything she has done since 1998. Understanding it was a goodbye, understanding it was the end, understanding that we were seeing the last glimpses of greatness and she was bringing that greatness out, rolling back the years, rolling back a superior opponent. The, the opponent was on paper, and in practice, large parts of the match superior, rolling back the pressure, rolling back the emotion, and able to capture not just our attention, but that level of greatness that defined her all-time status for one magical night, and maybe a few more. Maybe the run will continue. And I thought she spoke to that, right? And it was interesting, the insight she gave about the freedom she felt. For all of us, it's pressure. For Cultivate, it's pressure. Part of what is the nostalgia in real time and the captivating reality for even non-tennis and non-sports fans is watching an all-time great have the burden of these years that should hold her back and all this massive pressure, right? You can feel it in the arena, only Serena was the one person maybe on earth who wasn't feeling it. Honestly, I'm just looking at it as a bonus. I don't have anything to prove. I don't have anything to win. And um, I have absolutely nothing to lose. And honestly, I never get to play like this since 98, really. Um, Literally, I've had an X on my back since 99. So it's kind of fun. And I, I really enjoy just coming out and enjoying it. And it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. That is, I. that's the other thing. Of all the all-time great athletes, of any list I could make for you, and there's a lot of the folks who define their sports over the last 10 years in the history of sports. That's just the reality. Serena Williams might be the most closely guarded and the least, in my experience, as someone who has interviewed her one time but mostly observed her interviews, she's not really interested in being overly forthcoming after those matches, which is absolutely her business. She's locked in in a very focused way. And I find, again, the fact that she's touching up against her career's mortality, right? The end of what's defined her life for so long. She's found this, this perspective that she's willing to share, and it's really interesting. All the pressure that's captivating to all of us, it's gone. It's dissipated. She's at the finish line. It's all gravy. 
And that's also part of the humanity of this and part of the magic and part of the part of the stew of all these things that make it a, a feast for sports fans and not sports fans alike. Uh, bravo to her. Hope she keeps winning. Hope we get more magical nights like that one. But what a what an incredible reminder of the power of sports and the reason we watch these sports and the reason those athletes who push through the pain and the doubt, and in her case, a lot of doubts and a lot of obstacles to attain not just greatness but to transcend those moments and to really be something more than one match on a random Wednesday evening in New York City out, you know, in, the, out in Queens. Absolute magic. Serena Williams, one of the greats of all time in any sport anywhere. Uh, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to have Diesel back. We, we missed him. He wore, you know, a tight black shirt today. He, he's he sort of he's, he must have been working out because he's like kind of he's been flexing on the Skype a little bit. And you know, I brought up a story about college football expansion and how exciting I thought it is. And I got some version. Ah, these guys are idiots. And we're gonna we're gonna lean into that. Diesel goes full Diesel on college football expansion. And Bogus and Diesel get reunited. It's so magical. It's not quite Serena level, but it's close next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I love the progress we've made here on the show because that, that rejoin was just playing, and, and I could see on Skype Andrew Bogus just vigorously nodding his head and feeling very connected personally to that sentiment. Um, it's great to have reunions, and it's really emotional, I guess, to, 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 to bring Andrew and Diesel back together. Andrew Bogus and Tom DeCelestino away from each other um, for, a, for I, I don't know, a long time, Diesel. Um, I tried to bait Andrew into taking shots at you several times this week, and he wouldn't, he wasn't having it. He really wasn't. And now you're back together. He really waited until I walked through the door this morning then because I don't even think I had my backpack off yet. And, yes, by the way, I'm a backpack guy. Nice. Um, before Bogus just rained all the booze on me for being back. Like, I felt that warm embrace. I don't even know what to say. I mean, there are security cameras in our newsroom. There are witnesses. Wow. That didn't happen. In fact, I came out of my little cubbyhole because I heard you talking to someone else, and I said, did I just hear sweet D-cell? And Billy oh. Jacques alone said, yes, he's back. And I said, great. Then when I made visual contact with you, I said, I'm very, very happy that you're back. See, that does happen every morning. I do see you before you see me, but I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I, I know you're in a mood. You don't want to see me. Wait, what? I neglect, just... I neglect to say, good morning, Bogus. How are you doing? I wait wow. for you to acknowledge me in whatever fashion you choose to do. 
And this morning, I really wasn't feeling the love. Then, well, then I'm hearing. Then you have no feelings. You have no receptors. You have no emotions. You have no nothing. Because I couldn't have been nicer. I could not have been wow. more thankful that you returned. So if this is how you process that, then I got nothing, and, and this is your problem, not mine. The first thing you say to Bogus on your – really, his return. I don't think you guys have done a show together in three months. The first thing that you say – is a lie? You lie about Andrews. <laughs> no, no, it hello. Just, just interpreted differently. All right, all right. Um, by the way, you missed the big news on uh, Jaco Javardi. Is that his name? What's the name of the guy from RB Leipzig? Uh, I already I forgot it within minutes, so I didn't hurt myself anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, it was it was. But you also missed the the the, uh, the witchcraft story. Um, Ooh, about a play, soccer a player and in, in soccer player. Um, blackmailed for allegedly hiring a witch doctor to, to cast a spell on a competitive player, a, 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 a colleague actually, the na- French national team. But then he, but the police are involved, and he's told the Italian authorities, "No, no, I hired. This is true, dude. I hired a witch doctor to put a protective spell on me." So, so there's been some talk, maybe pushed by yours truly, of maybe somebody, Andrew, hiring a witch doctor. To put a spell on you, Diesel, to just see if it works. A little experiment. Do we know it that it hasn't happened already? I mean, you feeling weird? Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Bogus, one thing I missed about Diesel was just the U-turns that happen in conversation sometimes. This morning, we were talking about the college football playoff expansion that is possible and the idea that we go to several more teams if they can get the folks who are in charge, the committee, the power brokers, a unanimous vote that could be coming up. Uh, I believe it's ESPN who reported that there's movement in that direction. It seems exciting to me. I, I think it's great for the sport. I'm all in. The more programs that feel like they have meaningful opportunities, even if they're going to actually get slaughtered by the Alabamas of the world, to compete, I think, will broaden the appeal of the sport even further. I think it's great. And I got a wah wah from D Cell. Just a very, this is, I, I don't even want to do it for you, D Cell. Please tell me why you were so down on this idea. Because it's good to have that perspective back. We are about to head into week one of college football. Every big name program is playing. I don't count week zero. All we found out is that Scott Frost and Nebraska still stinks. Great. Let's talk about the games. We've been talking at nauseum about college football playoff expansion. Nobody has any idea why this hasn't already happened. Everybody's been clamoring for it for years and years. 12 teams, 10 teams, 8 teams. Who cares at this point? I'd rather go to 2 teams than 12. Just figure it out already. I'm against it. I know it's eventually going to happen. Just get it done with already. This feels a lot like baseball to me, right? Baseball has has started to acknowledge that it has a problem and ways to fix it. Pace of play, shortening double headers. College football needs to do this. I'm against it. I acknowledge it needs to be done. Just get it done. I'm tired of talking about it. I just want to understand. You think college – I just want to understand. College football playoff expansion is a good idea. But because they haven't do, done the good idea, we need to go and do a bad idea and go to two teams because you're mad they didn't do the good idea. So let's just do the bad idea. I'm trying to connect all the dots there. But, yeah, that sounds right. And I'd like to remind all that you are fresh off of five days off. So I'm glad that vacation did its job to <laughs> take the edge me. off of you. I'm still <laughs> me. Yeah, it's a really bad Relaxed. Day. But I, is there really 
any scenario where it doesn't make sense to do college football expansion. And if you're some of the people that were holding out, if you're in any of those conferences that are beginning to, to atrophy and die on the vine, if you can get a guarantee for the, for the Pac-12 that you will have a couple spots or a spot in a college football, expanded college football playoff, isn't this a lifeline for your conference? Isn't it a, a way to try and hang on to the boat or the life raft a, a little bit? I just think it's a different context now with the SEC and the Big Ten devouring other conferences and just pulling in programs, and obviously the, the, the big one being the Big Ten, stealing USC and UCLA from the Pac-12. Bogus seems perplexed. Oh, I was—I thought he was asking you. You're, you're the one no, on just the rant about college football. I'm sorry. You're in an Oregon. Are you in an Oregon shirt? I'm in an Oregon shirt. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're the guy to defend the, the Pac-12 right now. You are. How would I defend the Pac-12? What's the Oregon guy? <laughs> What's that argument, Cell? <laughs> Man, I, I gotta tell you this. I guess gotta say, when Cell was gone, the one show Bogus was on, two really two. into it. Tuesday but now that you're Wednesday. back, he's just you know. Maybe, you guys are like oil and water. Maybe he's intimidated by me. We need a timeout from each other. But no. But seriously, if you're the Pac-12 or any or the Big 12, and you're worried about your future, and the Big 12 just reopened early, it's the negotiations for its broadcast rights, and you're looking for any way to just stay alive and to stay relevant and to not completely disintegrate and be subsumed by these other conferences or have enough of your schools taken. That you, that you don't exist, I think a guarantee that you're going to send one or two teams, or a guarantee if you're the Pac-12, you're going to send one team to an expanded college football playoff system and a real opportunity that a second team can go, I think it's a, I think it's a real way and a real opportunity, Andrew, to, to try and survive a little bit longer. Yeah, which is why the Pac-12 or the Big 12 and somebody else who had kind of along the way, maybe the ACC had been pushing back on expansion. Now like, well, we can be swayed here because you're right. I mean, this is the, this is the way to go, whether it's a guaranteed spot or just more spots that someone needs to fill. And maybe you can't spill, you can't fill a top four spot, but you can fill a top eight or a top 12. And then, you know, to use the cliche, once you're in, you're in. And then it takes only, you know, one good month from say the Oregon ducks to get the pack 12, some love with a deep playoff run that they might not have gotten out of a four-team field as D-Cell shrugs. That doesn't, I think, bother, that doesn't bother you in any way that the Pac-12 or whatever conference you want to use would get a guaranteed spot to maybe a team that wouldn't necessarily belong there. No, I don't, I don't need guaranteed spots, but I do think that but then oh, the, I do. But then what's the incentive for these conferences you, that are that I think are you guarantee... I think you guarantee conference winners a spot. And I think the reason is that if you're... Oregon, and you feel like your games are significant enough that you're going to get into the college football playoff, I just, or you're any of the other Pac-12 schools that are pretenders, more fans are going to watch those games because it feels like a pre-playoff. That's going to increase eyeballs. That's going to make it easier to sell at a higher rate your rights to some broadcaster. And I think it gives an opportunity for these conferences to survive. Not just the idea of you have a team in, but the even if it's an illusion, the notion that these games matter a lot more because it actually leads to something. It leads to something, even if it's getting slaughtered by. I don't think all, but I think Oregon would, would hold its own often enough that they wouldn't be embarrassed in, no. in an expanded playoff. Of course, yeah, they'd be fine. Yeah, they've got talent on that team. In an expanded playoff, sure, they'll just play another team that doesn't belong in the playoff. 
Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like Alabama, whoever the, is going to play. Let's say it's a 12. Whoever the 12 seed. Like, who's the 12 seed going to be? But, like, I that's mean, my point. Who's the 12 seed? Do why, it. Why do I care about the 12 seed? I don't need to see the 12 be- seed play. So then don't like, watch you don't, it. I you don't like anything. I love college football, though. I love college football. Then why wouldn't you like another important game? Because yeah. it's just more watered-down games. Do you not watch the first round of the basketball tournaments? Of course I do. Right, because of the but possibility. let's not pretend that they're not watered-down. Well, but but you watch them for the same reason. What if the 12 seed pulls off the upset and moves on? What if the you know number 12 Cincinnati wins a game? Is it possible? Of sure. course. Is it likely? No. No. But, but, it's but on the table. I think it waters down the regular season. In college football currently, the regular season is the most important of any sport going. You expand that playoff, you're going to dilute the regular season. Except I, though that I it disagree. creates more games that are important now yeah. because you have more chance you have you have the ability to recover from an early loss or maybe like your quarterback being injured and more spots means more teams in contention. So games that we are no longer paying attention to because they don't, they don't affect the top four in November now become important because they might affect seeds 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, I think it creates more meaningful games. So if Oregon loses to, it's Georgia, right? Georgia. They have Georgia? Yeah. If they lose, let me, let me rephrase that. When... Oregon loses to Georgia. There you go. In a few days. And they lose inevitably by three points after being up 10 late in the third quarter. And their season is over. And not only their season is over, as it relates to meaningful football that actually matters for a national championship, when the entire conference's season comes to an end (laughs) as a result, none of the games on the West Coast matter nationally. And that, I think, is really bad for the sport and really bad for the conference. But if in this expanded playoff, if Oregon loses to Georgia in that exact scenario, it actually becomes, man, like Georgia had a pretty good season and they gave Georgia all they could handle even though they lost, and let's get them in there as the ninth, as the ninth, right? And it, I think it creates more meaningful games. I think I disagree. I, I disagree, Diesel. I think in the current format, the games are incredibly meaningful for the teams that are surviving, but you're winnowing down the... the the number of games that matter every week. And in this format, you have some boundaries that allow games to matter in a more expanded way, I think. Iowa Hawkeyes, where I'm from, every year, every year they lose some game they shouldn't. If it's not to Iowa State, which it often is, it's somewhere else, and they're eliminated. But Iowa football would always be in the mix in a a 12-team playoff. They may not get in, but those games would feel really meaningful. And I think more people, I would watch more of those games just because it would feel like they're at least competing for something that matters. To your point about baseball, I think the biggest issue with baseball is that half the teams in the country don't care about baseball, those markets, after June because they know their team has no chance. And I think the more teams you give an opportunity to, to, to play games that, could, that can lead to something, the better the business model is. I view it as false hope. I guess that's where I'm getting <laughs> stuck. It's just false hope, right? Like, if you rebound from it, like, let's take my team, for example, that I root for, the Miami Hurricanes. They play Texas A&M, who's currently ranked number six in the country. They're going to get their doors blown off. Now, to me, their season should be over after that. You're supposed to win a big game if you want to get into the college football playoff. It just takes it away. Like, oh, okay, we lost to a highly ranked school. We have enough time to rebound and still become the 11 seed. Like I'm not sure that this format down. applies to Miami or Kansas football. <laughs> that was a little shot there. I'm just kidding. Miami, Texas, USC. You know, the most overrated schools year in and year out. I just, I, li- I like it. But I like, I like having you back because, you know, 
Not everybody likes rainbows and puppy dogs. Some yeah, people hate I, those things. I bring a different perspective. All right. Bogus, everything. Anything, what else going on, buddy? You, you good? You, you look good. a little. Did, did Diesel hurt your feelings with his. I think it's a lie. I'm team bogus on the morning greeting, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it is a lie. And it just. It hurts because, like always, I. I feel like I'm the one trying to fix things. I'm the one being an adult, a That's human. true. I don't try to fix things. That's a human true. person with a soul. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, <laughs> and then, but of course, when he needs something like a pronunciation or what, <laughs> what does soccer mean? He's knocking like, on my door and then I'm, and then I'm necessary. But for normal things, that it's part, right in my face. That part is so true. Right. So Who doesn't know true. how to say Annette Contivate's name? I don't understand the. Then, no, I'll then accept how I, you say that. But, like, Ronaldo, come on now. Joe Smith, am I saying that right, Bogus? No. <laughs> All right, well, I, 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 missed, I missed you guys. I missed you guys together. Disa, are you rooting against Serena? I should have asked. You are such a contrarian. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I, I am not. I am not tennis guy Hate that lady. by any means, but I just I was, retire already. I was captivated. <laughs> it's false hope. You can't yeah, win no, it. If you're not going to win, just go home. <laughs> no, no, no. Take no. your sister with you. Oh, God. William's sisters. Okay. Do I need one more post match video tribute? I've gotten two already. Is three seems like enough? <laughs> no, I'm rooting for Serena. Until Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, 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 you are. Yeah, to be yeah, determined. Yeah, you are. Oh, I miss, I missed one of you so much. Um, so what's what's the schedule now? We're all together because I don't think. Well, not tomorrow. <laughs> not tomorrow. <laughs> Where are you tomorrow, dude? It, it doesn't matter. And then no one's here Monday. So like, I guess I'm not I, here Monday. Yeah, I told you the yeah. day. Just get to next Tuesday, whatever that day is, September six, maybe five. I don't know the date. Just get to next Tuesday, and then there's no more questions. There's no more concerns. There's no more doubt. Your world will be simple and consistent. I, I, so okay, I almost made a really mean joke. I, I'm very excited about that. I'm very pumped. Uh, do you guys have any big plans? Do you guys have any like any big Labor Day, Labor Day magic lined up? Going to the U.S. Open, maybe? Ooh, you going bogus? No, I'm not going to the U.S. Open. But I am going to the Met game today. So there is that. Ooh, that's ex- that's a, that's exciting. Yeah, a little 4 p.m. first pitch that fits fairly well into my daily time frame. It is making me regret working tomorrow. Um, but so well, you're working tomorrow. Yes, just not here. Correct. Got it. Got it. Are you taking the train out to out to the game? I'm not taking the train. I'm going to take the car gamble because the you're going to take the car. The U.S. Open's going on, right? But by four o'clock, well, or three o'clock, I'm in the car. Most people for the day session will already be at the U.S. Open, so I'm hoping to hit a tiny little pocket of of less traffic. You are going to get screwed by I, traffic. I don't think that's true. And I have a parking space, so there's also that working Ooh, in my favor. Fancy. Fa- oh, yeah, fancy I a, pants. I have a follow-up question here, Bogus. Are you going to uh, a baseball game by yourself? No, my son is coming with me. Oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. Yes. A little father, a little bonding time. A little daddy's Sunday, yes. Mom and sister are going to see a Broadway show tonight, so uh, me and him are going to the baseball game. Which Broadway show? It is called Into the Woods. That is the one where all the fairy tale characters are happening. That is correct. And Meryl Streep was in the Disney version. I heard it was terrible. That I cannot confirm. But I know okay. a woman from Hamilton is in this one. Sarah Bareilles is in this. She's a she's a pretty accomplished singer and, and Broadway performer. Is Jocko Gavardi from RP Leipzig, Leipzig in there? 
I, I believe he'll be in attendance while he yes. waits on his transfer, but okay. he is not in the production. <laughs> that was the most <laughs> random. Oh, I shouldn't say it on the air, but it was just I was I was a little a little thunderstruck by it. Um, it was a deep you cut. Were. Yeah, that was a deep cut. It was a a very very deep cut. I almost watched House of the Dragon yesterday, by the way, and then Serena happened. Okay, good talk. Good to have you guys back. It's just the chemistry is flowing. It's it's like Starsky and Hutch. I, it's, it's like uh, Sam and Diane from Cheers. It's good to have you guys back. Let's um. Speaking of celebrating colleagues, by the way, uh, our guy Zach Gelb, I thought just had a tremendously impressive interview with Aaron Donald. I, I should say this: Zach was incredibly impressive. Aaron Donald looked like a coward who cannot answer for the actions that he takes. That's my perspective. I'll give you a chance to get your own because we're going to play that interview. And I, my favorite thing is when PR people jump in. Zach, Zach, we're not going to be asking any questions, but I do want to just make sure we can get to the stupid thing that we're pitching. Uh, that is coming up here on Rider Than You after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from our Incredibly close friend, Andrew Bogus. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. <laughs> All right. Welcome back into the show. All right, so here's how it works sometimes when you get pretty big guests. This was often true for me when I was doing the HQ uh, TV show. Is you have the guest on, and it's, it's true on the show too, and you talk about what you want. You get maybe 8 to 12 minutes if they're really big. Maybe you get 7 to 9, which really is means 10 to 13. And you have to ask a question about the detergent that no one cares about. Or, hey, please tell me about the new sunglasses you're pitching and probably will never wear. Whatever. Part of the deal. And what's obnoxious is when you have someone on, in my in my experience, who won't talk about actual stuff that you want to have them on. Like, no one is having anyone on. I wouldn't have Tiger Woods on if all he wanted to talk about was some new synthetic material that he's, that he's hawking. I don't care, bro. I care about golf. And so there's an understanding. You have to answer the questions that are asked. That's the deal. And, and there's no, like, I don't do interviews. I won't do interviews if there's, and you can ask Diesel, you know this. If something is, is, is hands-off, you can't ask this, I won't do the interview. It's, just, it's, it's a no. And give Zach Gelb, our, our colleague here at CBS Sports Radio, works in the evening, 6 to 10 p.m. Zach Gelb, show credit, had Aaron Donald on. Got to ask about the fracas that happened with the helmets. And this is, we edit it somewhat, but this is, more or less the exchange that a great radio host had with, with a, an athlete who doesn't understand accountability or radio interviews. What happened last week in joint practices? Because we all saw the video of you swinging helmets and people were wondering uh, what was going on there. Um, it was just a practice. You know, obviously people got phones out and things like that, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sit and talk about negative stuff that happened at a practice. My main focus is Buffalo. So, Was there any internal punishment? We talked. We talked, so... Were you thinking maybe you were going to get suspended or anything? Hey, Zach. I wasn't worried about it, so. Yeah, we're just going to focus um, just here because Aaron's here today to talk about Dr. Teals. So you do have two minutes left if you want to pivot to your last question, please. 
No, okay. Just one more thing, Aaron, on this, and I'll get to Dr. Teals. Um, like, what sparked it? Just wondering. Because I think people are curious about it. Well, being a guy that's 31 years old, my main focus is football, obviously. Um, the physical part, you, you do, but it's more about the recovery thing that I need to do and, and being a partner with Dr. Teals and be able to use Dr. Teals twice or three times a week to help my body recover. And, you know, I usually soak 15, 20 minutes in the tub, um, help me to be able to play at a high level and be productive. I hope, what is it, Dr. Spiels? I hope Dr. Spiels, um, you know, is in the business of non-accountability. Because if so, you found the perfect pitch man. What we need, see, is someone who's not accountable. I would be embarrassed if I was if I was supposed to be hiring an athlete to pitch a brand. Let And this is the guy. Answer the question, man. Like, you're an adult. It's practice. People have phones. You took two helmets and you swung them at another human being. And you're Aaron Donald. And you just won a Super Bowl. And you talked about retiring and not retiring. And you just got paid a whole bunch more money. And you're doing a radio interview that is taking up the most precious commodity on the face of the earth. And that is your time. And you're not willing to answer that. And I, the PR, uh, oh, Zach, we're, I, let me just, we, you're now down to two minutes and you can just ask about Dr. Spiels if you want to spiel about that. No, man. What are you, an amateur? Have you, this is the first time you've ever done a radio interview? I mean, I would be a little put out if the guy was like, oh, yeah, "I understand. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna answer it." But and give Zach credit. A lot of radio hosts won't do that. He just kept, "Yeah, yeah, no, got it. Cool." So let me go back to the to the to the fu- good because that, that's what you want to hear. That's what the listener wants to hear. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. You know what? Aaron Donald with an E. Aaron <laughs> Donald. Good job, Kel. And, and give me a break, man. I mean, give me a break on the answer and the lack of accountability. No, I won't answer your question, but I definitely will just talk about Dr. Spiels. Let me give you a, sh- a spiel here. Unbel- unbel- unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's the media who are the, it's the, media who are the, ba- the, the bad guys. This guy understands how, how the process works. There's literally an agreement. I am Aaron Donald. I will come on your radio show and let you ask me about football. In exchange, I'm going to spend... Very valuable time. By the way, if you were paying for that, it costs a lot of money because radio reaches a lot of people uh, and has a lot of pull. And thank you for being one of the people listening wherever you are. And and he gets free basically advertising. And we do it, right? We'll have people on. And I'm a big believer in being gracious to your guests. You know, we have Brian McFadden coming up. We'll probably talk about his podcast or something in a little bit. He's a colleague at CBS Sports HQ. But cool, you want to pitch something? I've got the best soda in the world. We just invented it. Yeah, okay. I bet it sounds amazing. Soda, okay, good. In exchange for talking about the sports. Aaron Donald, hi. I just answer the question, man. Just because you're great at a sport doesn't mean that you get to shy away from and hide from any questions you don't like. And the PR person who jumped in, and, and this always makes producers frustrated, D-Cell, because you have to reach back out. But, like, who is she? I'd like to have her on and just, like, interview her about, like, you know, Maybe working on on her understanding of how how the process works. He, I mean, Aaron Donald can't speak for himself. I'll give Anthony Davis credit. I once went to a thing, and he didn't want he wanted to only talk about some. I'm not kidding, like some chippy, like some flavor of chippy. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going to do this interview if you're not. It was really awkward. If you're not going to, uh, if you're not going to talk about basketball, and this PR people like Anthony isn't. And I'm like, I, I stood up. Like, all right, I'm out of here. It was real. And I turned the lights off on him on accident before that. 
I should be bummed of a week every week of my life for that moment. But the point is, that's how the deal works. Let's talk some football with Brian McFadden next year on CBS Sports Radio.